preaching the gospel, equipping the church, and expanding the kingdom of God around the world. You're listening to the Tim Brandon Ministries Podcast. Well, hello and welcome, everybody. We're so thankful to have you join with us today for what's going to be a different format from our previous episodes. Instead of a message from one of our meetings, I just felt the need to share directly with you today through this podcast something that's of great importance, I believe, in this moment. You know, this is an interesting time in which we're living, and it's my hope and prayer that you and all of your loved ones are doing well in the midst of this season, and that this message will be of some encouragement to you. So take a listen, and I'll be back at the conclusion to talk with you some more. Well, you know, there's a lot going on right now. There's a lot of things being said, a lot of voices out there, the news channels, social media, all of the churches have moved online right now. So there's a lot of lot of things being said out there. And although I've had a lot of things that I've wanted to say For the most part, I've chosen to remain silent much of the time because I just wanted to make sure that when I did speak, that it was the right message at the right time and that I just wasn't adding to the noise. You know, Jesus set a very significant example for us by only doing what he saw his father do and only saying what he heard his father say. So I felt it was important that I consider carefully what I might say in this moment and to not just add to all the voices going out. So just last week, I woke up one morning just sensing that it was time to speak about this subject. You know, as far back as 2014, there was a single word that God continued to speak to me. I kept hearing this word, unprecedented. And in our meetings beginning in the fall of 2014, I really began to speak about this quite a bit. And then all, of, all through 2015 and then on into 2016. And in the summer of that year, we did a series of meetings called 60 Days of Revival. It was 60 consecutive days of meetings, which eventually worked into being 125 days on the road straight and 80 plus meetings. And it was just an amazing time. But at the forefront of, of that time was this message that God continually began, you know, speaking to us and that word unprecedented. Now, at the core of the message from all the way back then up until now, the core of the message was this, that we are dealing with unprecedented times in history. There's unprecedented evil upon the earth, and that the answer to all of this is an unprecedented revival. That if what we've been doing as the church would resolve the situations that we're in, well, then we wouldn't be dealing with many of these issues. So that means that we must move towards God and with God in a way which we've not done in times past. And so then the 2016 election came along, and we all know the outcome from that. And and there were many in our nation and and the world that honestly were shocked at the outcome. The, The news media began to proclaim, this is unprecedented. Uh, CNN, even during that time, published a book about the election, and the title was Unprecedented, The Election That Changed Everything. And so then we continued to move forward from the election, and we continued to hear in regards to the president and our government that this is unprecedented. And sometimes it was in a positive, and sometimes it was in a negative, but there were things happening within our government and within our country which were like no other time in the past. Now, without dragging all of this on into just a lot of greater detail, I I know that all of us have been bombarded by this word just over the past few months. Unprecedented. You can't escape it. 
I hear it on every newscast, every day, every time you turn on the television, they're saying this word. Every email that I receive from a multitude of companies and individuals, every time I open up a new email, they all are declaring that we are living in unprecedented times. And truly, what we are dealing with on so many levels is unprecedented worldwide. And for me, though this is a challenging time, just like it is, I know, for many of you, this is also an exciting time. Because every time I hear this word, I'm reminded and I realize that this, this word that God was speaking to us for years that we couldn't escape, that in it, I believe he is speaking once again of what we are on the verge of entering into. So I want to share with you some of the things that we've been talking about now for some time in our meetings across the country, some of it for over six years now. But it's just as fresh and exciting to me as the first time that God spoke it to me. So I'm going to share some of it with you today, and I'll try to keep this, this message fairly brief. And if I need to, I'll come back with another message at a later time. You know, there are many things that have become so commonplace for us today, things that we don't even give a second thought, that have become so much a part of our daily lives but there was a time that these things didn't exist or had never been done before. I mean, just in our technology alone, I want you to think about how much has changed in such a short amount of time. And even now, I mean, the technology that's being utilized in the current challenges that we're facing. Think about the smartphones and internet and social media. How different this current situation with the virus would have been 10 years ago. You know, there would have been no online church services to fall back on. But there also may not have been the level of fear and controversy that's been propagated as well. You see, communication, it moves at a very rapid pace. And it is far more viral than the coronavirus. And, and so we need to be ever more mindful of what we ourselves speak and even more so to what we listen to. So with what we have all now heard is an unprecedented time in history of the entire world, I want you to understand today that I believe that it is also setting the stage for an unprecedented revival as well. Uh, the word unprecedented just simply means like never before, something that's never been seen or experienced before. And, and many of us are aware of past events, revivals, outpourings, moves of God in times past, so many amazing things that God has done that we could talk about. You know, the first and second great awakenings with Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield, John Wesley, Charles Finney, so many other names that we could talk about, the Cane Ridge Revival, the Welsh Revival, the Azusa Street Revival, Hebrides Revival, the Healing Revivals of the 1950s, Aldersgate Revival, the Toronto Outpouring, the Brown will revival so many magnificent moves of God throughout history. But you know, all of these were magnificent moves of God, and, and, and many people desire for God to do these things again. And sometimes even in our prayers, we say, God, what you did back then, would you do it again? But I don't believe it's the heart of God to do it again, but to do what has never been done before. You know, if we're not careful, we focus so much upon these moves that we actually make a monument of a movement. And we focus our attention on a time in history rather than on the God who is limitless and timeless. I believe that unprecedented times 
require an unprecedented revival. You know, God made this declaration to Israel in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. He said, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And listen, church, I believe that even today, God can do a new thing. He can do that which is unprecedented, which the world has never seen or experienced before. But listen to me, church. As exciting as this may sound, the idea of something unprecedented also brings with it experiences and displays of God that may not fit the mold that we fashion the church into. And in order to step into what God is wanting to do in this hour, if we're to be a part of it, it will require something beyond church as usual. I want you to understand something that when you open your Bible and you read what God did in times past, that at the time that many of those things happened, they were unprecedented in nature. It had never happened before. A worldwide flood, God speaking from a burning bush, the plagues of Egypt, all of those things no one had ever seen or experienced before. You know, the concept of what Jesus came to do and what He called and trained His disciples to do, it wasn't understood because it had never been seen before. I mean, when Nicodemus, a Pharisee and a member of the Jewish ruling council, came to Jesus in John chapter 3, Jesus told him, He said, you must be born again. Well, what is that all about? I mean, Nicodemus is is an educated man. He's a Pharisee. He's a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he had great difficulty in understanding what Jesus was saying to him. Those things which have become pretty much commonplace for us, and we have a sense of understanding of what it means to be born again. But for Nicodemus and for others that would have heard about it, man, this this was unprecedented. And Jesus called to these men who would become his disciples in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. He says, come, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Well, that's a new concept as well. And all that they would see and experience with Jesus, man, that was wild and totally outside of any of their previous experiences. And if we're honest, all of what Jesus did was so far outside of the understanding and the expectations of the religious people who were actually looking in expectation of the Messiah that was to come. It was so different than what they had expected that when the one who was the fulfillment of the Scriptures that they had spent their lives hearing and studying, when He was standing right in front of them, they didn't recognize Him. And they actually crucified the one who was promised to them because he did not fit their expectations. You know, I believe we're in a season that is ripe with opportunity for unprecedented visitation, unprecedented encounters, and we're moving towards unprecedented revival. In this season, it is vital that we know the written Word of God. But in addition, we must know the person of God. We must have an intimate relationship with Him for ourselves. It's not just about going to church, hearing another sermon, being good moral people. We can do all of those things and we can miss what God is doing. We must know Him. We must draw near to Him. We must allow Him to open our eyes to see and our ears to hear. 
We should search the scriptures while also knowing that he will not be confined to our understanding of the scriptures. Because many times his intended purpose and plan, even as it is written, does not match with our understanding of it. We must humble ourselves and repent. We must confess our past arrogance and confess our inability to navigate what lies ahead without His wisdom and direction. We must allow His Spirit to change the way that we think and align our actions and lifestyle with His way of thinking. If we stick with just what we've known and experienced in times past, we could actually find ourselves on the outside of what God is doing on the earth. You see, it's the things that we know that can actually keep us from the one that we need to know. As Mark 7, 14, Jesus made this clear. He said, it's the traditions of men that can make the word of God of no effect. We can get so caught up in what we've always thought and what we've always known and what we've always done and miss what God is doing in the present moment. You see, now I do believe that the world needs to change. But my concern right now is not so much about the world. My concern is the church. I've asked churches of all denominations all across the country these past 10 years that we've been traveling. I said, how many of you believe that we need revival in the United States? And no matter what church I'm in, no matter what denomination I'm in, no matter what name is on the sign, I get a very loud, passionate response in every place. And they all say, yes, we need revival. But unfortunately for many people, their idea of revival just means that I want the bad stuff to go away and I want my life to get better. And for those who really do want true revival, I just want you to understand that everybody has a different idea of what that looks like. To a Baptist, revival looks one way. To a Methodist, it looks another. To a Pentecostal, it looks another way. And the reality is, is, is that we, we tend to impose an idea of revival upon God based upon our past experiences. When God is wanting to move us into a place that is beyond our experience. But after I've asked that question about if people believe that we need revival, I then ask this question, and I ask you right now as well. If you really want revival... Are you willing to receive it however God wants to bring it? Are you willing to receive it even if it looks and sounds like nothing that you've ever experienced before? Do you really want God? Or do we just want to try to prop up our previous religious activity? What if this revival challenges many of the things that you've believed and held on to for many years? Do you want it? If it costs you time, if it costs you energy and resources? What if it means that the church that, that we've known ceases to exist? What if it makes you feel uncomfortable? What if it means that you have to change? You know, we've got some very important decisions to make. And we have to make them very quickly. Because the time is short. The opportunity for revival is upon us. Where will you be in what God is about to do? Are you ready to go with Him where we've never been before? Would you pray with me right now? Father, as we're all facing an unprecedented time in history, 
we confess that we don't have the answers for all that we're to do in response. Many of us, we really were not prepared for what has been thrust upon us with all of its uncertainties. But you, O Lord, are our place of safety, and you are our peace in the midst of the storm. And we know that you're not surprised by anything that's taking place, but instead you've seen it from the beginning of time, and we know and trust that you have a divine plan for the days ahead. We confess to you today our own arrogance in times past, and we ask for your forgiveness. And we acknowledge our need and our desire for you and for your wisdom and your help in the days to come. Lord, I ask that you would open our eyes to see what you're doing in this moment. Open our ears so that we can hear what you're saying and help us to follow where you will lead us in the days to come, regardless of how it differs from our previous understanding and expectations. No matter what may come, may we be found following in your footsteps following into the revival of the nations that you desire. We ask these things of you today, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. We want to thank you once again for joining us today, and we'd appreciate the opportunity to receive your feedback on this podcast, to connect with you more, and to partner together in whatever ways possible in the days ahead to see the kingdom of God expanded throughout the nations of the world. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and on our website at timbrandonministries.com.